This is the World of Row Podcast featuring me, your host, Row. So sit back, relax, put on your headphones, earbuds, and crank up the volume to the highest decibel because we're about to get into a one hour of greatness, hearing people share their stories, experiences, their goals, whatever they're trying to achieve. And in my podcast, we're talking to fellow podcasters mainly who are in the Potter family, DIY podcasters who are trying to make it out there and doing what they want to do and having fun while doing this podcast. So it's great. It's a great, great podcasting show that I'm using here. It's a great platform for them to get the word out about their podcast. And the occasional guests that I'll have are going to be musicians, uh, entrepreneurs doing the DIY culture, family members who have been mentors and close friends who have been mentors. But so we hope you enjoy the show or I should say, I hope you enjoy the show and uh, we'll, Go ahead and go into that further. A couple of great ways, like I mentioned, you can help out with my podcast is by doing that rate, review, subscribe thing. So let's dial it in and let's start the show. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. All right, guys. Well, this week's episode. Well, first off, how is everyone doing out there today? How's your week been? How's your new year been so far? So far, so good, I'm sure, I hope. As for me, it's been kind of kind of good so far. Uh, just getting over a cold. Spent the better part of January with a little common cold and, you know, the whole family got sick. That was quite fun and enjoyable. And now that we're heading into February, this podcast, uh, my independent podcast, my solo podcast, if you will, this one that you're listening to right now, uh, is starting to get some traction. Uh, we've got some great guests lined up you notice how i said the guests (laughs) you know um and it's been great it's been really good uh the first three episodes have been awesome you know talking with fear joey DiCarlo from so wizard and the last week with john medina you know been all great good times great conversations and if you guys haven't checked them out yet check out their podcasts and they're all really entertaining and they're all part of this pattern family you guys I keep saying this, but if you have Twitter, and I hope you're following me at Roel Santos Jr., by the way, if you hashtag Potter and Family, you can see a slew of podcasters out there who are doing the DIY thing and trying to make that podcast of theirs be successful, and they're having fun doing it. It's a little bit different from most of these, you know, corporate podcasts, you know, like uh, not no sponsors or anything like that. It's just people who enjoy podcasting, who have got into podcasting because they enjoy, you know, enjoyed listening to them and they wanted to start their own platform. Kind of like what I did here, but you know, check them out, check them out. And you know, these, these folks put a lot of time and effort into it and they still have to work, take care of their families, be with their families. And you, you can see a lot of great content out there just with, with the work that they're putting into it. And I, really hope that you're you're not bored or you turned it off or you hit the stop button right now which i hope you haven't because this i mean it's it's great this is great this is all good you know real good and just (laughs) fun i mean i'm right now i'm talking to i'm staring at my computer and i'm looking at the time and everything like that and you guys are probably you know either driving to work or doing your little jog or whatever it is that you're doing when you listen to this show but just know that i am going to give you the best show possible with the best guests possible and now with that being said let's talk about this week's guest um this week i sat down and had this conversation with saint diablo on my podcast two members from the band to be precise uh the drummer uh was actually chilling out in the back while we were having this conversation and i sat down and talked to one tito quinones and justin from saint diablo uh Tito and Justin, great guys. Uh, the band's really awesome. If you guys like good music and good metal music, new metal, I guess is what we're calling it. Um, check it out. Um, have a and, and by, I didn't mean anything by that by saying new metal or whatever. It's it's a great great band. Um, they're from West Virginia. Man, I'm like, I'm drawing blank here. West Virginia, and they've got some good tunes. Check them out on Apple Music if you have an iPhone. And uh, download the album. I mean, it's great. I mean, I've heard the whole album a couple of times already. And I met them through Fear and Ray because they were on Fearcast a few weeks back, a few months back, actually. And I had a great time talking with them. So before we go in, and you and, and hopefully you're still there. No, you're still there, of course. Um, I'm going to play a song from the album. And I hope that you enjoy it. Uh, 
And then after the song, we'll be right back and we'll have that conversation here for your listening pleasure. And then uh, we'll catch you on the other end. Yeah, man, so uh, I'm here backstage at the Alamo City Music Hall with St. Diablo. Tito is in the house. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing good, man. And Justin, right? Did I say yes, that? Okay, yes, okay, making sure, making sure. Yep. Um, yeah, man, I'm excited to have you guys on my podcast, man. I talked with Ray and Fear, and actually, I just sent them a picture where I'm at, and they're like, <laughs> fuck yeah, I'm fucking here. I'm a big fan of you guys, man, and I, as yeah. soon as I heard that podcast with you and with, with Fear and Ray, <laughs> I went to Apple Music and I heard the album. Awesome fucking album. Thank you. Thank you, I, Thank you very much. Yeah, man. So, uh, very much. Yeah, man. And uh, so uh, tell, me, tell me a little bit about it, man. I mean, how did, I mean, you get, we kind of touched base a little, we talked a little bit earlier. What, like, what, how, where's all this uh, aggression coming from? Because it's pretty heavy, man. The album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, well, I would like to, I like to say that we lived it. I mean, it's an album. It's almost, I'm not, it's not autobiographical per se. <laughs> Not trying to be cliche either, because yeah, everyone yeah. says that there are right, comes right. from life experiences, but it, it really does. I mean, I mean it, we we took we we cut and paste certain little scenes of our lives. Yeah, yeah. And like in a sense, 
put them right into the middle of a song and then kind of then like let let the arms of that kind of like like create the rest of the song sure yeah it was it was life experience was like an integral um ingredient to what we were going to to make that seating right yeah awesome man and there were yeah it was like a, a situation where you know some people like to have these ideas that you have this magical moment and you write songs and you have all this creative ability but right. for us it was moments of major writing writer's block and then moments of like complete inspiration from things and Eureka. Then, yeah. Eureka. <laughs> Eureka and then, you, and then, yeah, yeah. then you had other situations where it was just like a total ups and downs like there were days where brian and i were in the warehouse just staring at each other like fuck yeah i don't know what to say i don't know what to write i don't know what to play right we felt like sometimes we were um just going through the motions and then we were also um just spitting out the same stuff right yeah it wasn't inspiring but you'd have times where you're like oh wow that was really cool so yeah and then it just kind of flowed and turned into there like we wrote the first three or four songs really quickly Mm-hmm. And then we had like this moment of like, um, how many songs do we need to have on the record? <laughs> and then you have like, yeah, yeah, five. yeah. So what is there like a requirement for to have as many songs on a record? I've always been curious in, in about today's, that. In today's um, um, music industry or business model, yeah, there really isn't any per set rule. Um, a good number, a good solid number is ten. Yeah, label kind of makes that decision. Yeah. They wanted yeah. fifteen, and we were Holy like, "Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah. 15. fifteen. That's a lot of tracks, You're man. In, uh, maybe twelve. Make it twelve. <laughs> the bottom, yeah. the bottom of that is ten. And then yeah. when we, it was time to, we we walked in the studio with eight songs written. Like wow, whole eight. We had two songs like. Yeah, <laughs> those could be songs. But <laughs> writing the yeah. chorus to Dark Horse on the way to studio. Holy shit! Like, yeah. What do you think about this? <laughs> you know, like, so is it, is it like was that like were you, I guess, stressing out or putting pressure on yourself to well, do it? Or I mean, unfortunately, we kind of work best under pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's not, and it's not, and I don't even say that like. That's a, not saying we're Johnny Come Latelys, but and that we just wait till the end. Right. Sometimes you're forced into situations where you're like, well, we have to have this, but like it was interesting. Like the last practice we had, we me Brian and I came up with two songs. Like we sat on, like mm-hmm. two riffs per song, sitting on them all summer long. Yeah, like, sitting on them, sitting on them, sitting on them. And then we tried writing this one thing, and it just was. Tita came in with like some really like rappy stuff, and we we're like, "What are we doing? What's going on?" We couldn't get the riff to flow, and then yeah, last minute I was like, "I'm trying." I, I I'm I, I force fed this riff in, and I'm like, "I have to fucking have this." Can I cuss? I'm sorry. No, yeah, go ahead, man. Cuss away, man. I was like, fuck your five, 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 five. <laughs> um, But uh, it was like force. I'm force feeding it. I force feeding it. I, but I wanted it in there, and then out of nowhere, yeah. it just was like boom, and then. Tito, I didn't even hear lyrics to the song. Like Tito was like, uh, "It's gonna be in Spanish." I was like, "Okay." So, yeah. And I heard him in the van. I was sleeping in the bunk. <laughs> we were riding. He had headphones in, listening to the to the recording. Right, he right. Was, was spitting out all this stuff, and I was like, "If that's the chorus, that's awesome." Yeah. But it's uh last minute stuff. We piled it all together, but like I said, at the end of the at, at the end of it, we had two songs on the burner when we walked in the studio. I was still writing riffs when. Brian yeah. recording drum track. I was like, just do oh, a double something there and a something something. I'll just play over it, and then it was like, damn. Cool. Yeah, we were banking on knowing. We were, we knew that it was going to take a certain amount of time. Yeah. For our drummer to get to the songs that we haven't written yet. Oh. So we were like, we were in the <laughs> still got two days we or something. Oh, we, <laughs> we still got two days to listen to that song. <laughs> <laughs> we still mess with it. <laughs> yeah. So it was one of those where uh, we hoped. Uh, our producer had liked them and we we sent them the he sent them the little snippets that we had and he yeah. was like uh, to be honest those if you complete those those will be the two best songs on the record badass and, and one of them was Devil Horns and Halos badass that's a badass song yeah, yeah. And, one, and one of those Devil Horns and Halos is that we were thinking to ourselves that we wanted a song that without being able to say Saint Diablo right because it's a real rap thing really yeah. like a pop thing to do yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But we wanted you to come to the idea of, or at least I did. I wanted the listener to come to the idea of the words Saint Diablo, right? Without having to say Saint Diablo. And um, I told this other interviewer one time. It was similar to the idea of like, what if Corn really wrote about 
corn on the cobs. <laughs> what if like Def Leppard talked about like a, a hearing impaired cat? Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Along that lines. Right, right. And I was, uh, it, it, it was so anthem like that it, 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 yeah. it, it really stood, it really stood real well. It's not even the best song on the album, but mm. it's just the song that's that kind of like gives you a right. broad perspective of what we, what gotcha. we have to offer. So was that like the mentality when you picked that song as like the, the single, the lead single? For, for, I think I think it's fair I, to I say I think that at the end of the day, that's yeah. what will happen. But when, when it came time to what song's going to be the single, what's the album going to be called, yeah. we're all like, yeah, I want this. And the other guy's like, well, I want this oh, one. Oh, yeah, shit. And, and then Tito and Brian are like, well, I want this one. And we're like, well, I guess we're fighting for it. But yeah, <laughs> we were close to doing that whole that whole uh, who's bad, you know, bandana tying ourselves and having a knife fight <laughs> just to figure out who's going to win. I mean, it, <laughs> it, was, uh, it came down to like, you know, a couple of, um, it, it's stupid, but it came down to like, you know, yelling and screaming at each other for a good yeah. hour. Or two. I mean, oh shit, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're sitting here passionately yelling at each other about this one is better than the last one and I take a step back from it and I'm like, it's good to have this problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About about why this song rocks more than that song, and every and every song is like can can, can justifiably end up being the song. Right. So we're all like, this is kind of a good problem to have. <laughs> <laughs> so this is um, the same four guys. Um, Tyler came in right after we recorded the record. Our bass oh, player was going yeah. through some family issues. At okay, the time and he. Uh, and he was in the band for two and a half years prior to that, and um, he um, he just couldn't continue on the road. He had he couldn't even basically make it down to practices and stuff like that. So wow, okay, um, well that's so he just had family stuff. He want he was a hardcore dude, man. He wanted to be in it. He yeah. was like, I want to be on the road. I want to be a part of all of it, but he just couldn't make it work. So right, and Tyler's been. Uh, Tour manager, he's he's yeah. He he mentioned that he was doing that before. And, uh, he was he was right there with us the whole time. He, he even went to the studio with us to kind of just hang out and listen to stuff. And he ended and, up being playing playing a song or two in the studio, yeah. right? No, he helped me write a couple oh, of riffs, right. but right. he didn't. That's he right. technically wasn't on the record. That's but, right. Um, that's right. But he, I did give him writing credit for stuff. So <laughs> I mean, no, you know, it's it's yeah. fair. It's a karma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's is a fair thing, man. I didn't want that to come back and be like, oh, well, here we go. You know? So it's like 30, 30, 30. 10 or something right or five well, <laughs> well I mean, let's talk numbers yeah. later yeah. <laughs> it's all about that publishing yeah, hell yeah there you go so this is uh your third album second album third album shit i don't know national the, release national it's release the second one oh, okay okay but we've done some uh, independent stuff over the years okay um i mean that's how it was done you know that's how I mean, we've been around a long time, but that's how we saw bands do it. You kept putting out something, and somebody's like, that's a good Somebody's going to catch it, right? Yeah, and we, we were there early in our career in 2003. We we had management, and, and they were like, you're going to do this. We were playing the Edom thing, which is kind of like what uh, NAM is now. Okay. And what uh, South by Southwest is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how Slipknot got found and yeah. a bunch of other bands. And we... We had we had songs. We had really good songs. We had a great record. We had a great sounding record. It was yeah. mastered by the guy that does all the Mar- Mariah Carey stuff. So, oh shit! Yeah. So it was. Badass. We, had a, we had a guest vocalist on there who um, Grammy nominated. She was no Grammy shit. nominated. Not till after she, but before she any of that, she was on the record. Okay. So we had plenty of potential, but it just. We couldn't get it to. We get it to labels, and they're like, "Well, you're too heavy for my label." No. Then we get it to another label. You're not heavy sucks. enough. Not heavy for enough. My label. Oh, I got serious. I got Century Media telling us we weren't heavy, or we were too heavy. And I'm like, "You got, you got these like death yeah. metal bands on your label." Basically, like, we play. Yeah. We'd play with a band like Lamb of God, and they look at us like we're Good Charlotte. No shit. And then we would play with Good Charlotte, <laughs> and they would look at us like we're like Cannibal Corpse. You, know? <laughs> you can't fucking win with these. No people. shit, damn. Man, you guys scream sucks. too much. You know, your yeah. singer sings too much. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What do we do? You got man. these purists that is like, well, you guys sing, so it's not really metal. <laughs> you know, like a, a metal puritan. You know, are you serious? Yeah. Label, label people were like, we don't know how to market you guys, so we're just not going to touch you. But wow. And then they, but then they would say, well, we don't want anyone else to touch you either. Exactly. And then we were oh, like, okay, so that means I can't get a phone number for the, to the next guy, right. to a, a, somebody you can pass yeah. me along to. Yeah. I mean, we were just groveling at the time, man. Damn. It was just rough. I mean, we were playing. 
200 plus shows a year. We, we come home, work for two days, get in the van, be gone for two weeks, Holy come home, shit. work for a day, meet the family, and then go back out. I mean, but that was just on our own, no booking agent, wow. no label, no nothing. We Doing just, it on y'all's own. We were just hammering it out. And then finally, we started getting a couple, we got onto the small label, uh, nine to five records that. He helped out like financially on some CD yeah. distribution and stuff, and then that kind of kicked into a whole other thing. Of, that was know, a really good album, yeah. Republica, right? That's the that Republica was from Republica, album. which is another independent. Yeah, if, 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 it is on iTunes. If it is on iTunes. If, yeah. uh, if no one, if you're, if you're a Saint Diablo fan, new, present, old, whatever, if you don't know about the Republica album, fucking Google it. It's on, it's on iTunes. It's got some really awesome songs. Yeah, I mean those songs. If you just push them out today, they, you wouldn't you wouldn't think that we were yeah. we were going to bring up a conversation with a label like maybe not this year, maybe not the beginning of next year, but re-releasing a record that 2003 record that we had. It's just it's another self-titled. Yeah, the songs on it were timeless. I mean, timeless. We, yeah, we still have people that are like, you know, how come you guys don't play those anymore? And it's like we're always turning over new fan base because of yeah. like what Tito was saying before about the issues that we've come across and yeah. trying to maintain the band. And, and you know, there were days and, and weeks where we didn't know if we were going to continue doing it. Damn, but, that sucks. But you know, at the end of the day, like I said, re- releasing new stuff is always what we're trying to do, but there's a couple albums back there that people should go on iTunes and check out. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely. But the whole thing is you're, you're both, you all four of y'all are passionate about it. So you kind of keep pushing through. You're like, we're going to make it. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Man, 200 shows a year. You're barely at home. Jeez. Yeah, that, it was like that for a long time, and it, it took a toll. It did. It Definitely, took a toll I can imagine. On band members. It took a toll on uh, relationships when it came to yeah. professional and and uh, yeah. And it came. It came to a point. It came to a, all. It came to a head at one point where we, yeah. where we couldn't maintain it. We couldn't even maintain that. We, you know, we lost band members, and then yeah. we had to pick up, and then we got back in the studio, and then we lost our management, and then we lost. And then when you can figure all that out, <laughs> the van will take a shit. <laughs> and then, and then when, when everything is solved, you got all the right people, all yeah, the yeah. Right things, everyone doing their jobs, and then all of a sudden it all comes to crankshafts. No and, shit, and, damn and it. Trailer axles. <laughs> no. You know, you know the saying. You know the saying. Rock falls out of the sky. Yeah, they fucking do. They, no kidding. Yeah. Sometimes they don't fall. Sometimes they come from the ground up. That's the. Those are the scary ones. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I Fuck. mean, it's. Uh, so we've had our we've had our ups and downs, man. I, I you know I think hard work, man. I mean, it pays just, off definitely. Just, it's just that's all we know. We don't know how to. We don't know how to just fucking slack. I mean, yeah. Just keep pushing. And you gotta fucking fight for everything you got, man, because no one's gonna hand it to you. Yeah, that's true. No one's true. gonna just be like, "Here it is, come get it." Yeah. You know? And it, we see that day in and day out in the industry, and it's the worst industry to be in. It's it's, it's very not, cutthroat. It has its rewards. Yeah. It's, it has its rewards that are just your. You, that's what makes it to where you keep going because wow. you just yeah. but. You tell your kids growing up, don't be a musician because you know. Yeah. I, I I would tell my kids to <laughs> to don't forget to live life. Yeah, like yes, you're beautifully talented in musicianship and all that stuff, but incorporate other beautiful things in your life, and, and all those other beautiful things in your life will make your music better. Yeah, most definitely. So in that aspect, I would just I would promote a balance. Yeah. If, if someone was asking me, you know. Right. Yeah there's, yeah, there's two ways to go about it. I mean, if you are talented, then you go. But Fuck yeah. You just keep uh, going. You know, but it's just, you know, it's, I think the industry is changing slowly. Um, I think it's changing for the better in some regards. I think when it comes huh. to trying to be um, in a metal band um, and try and sell CDs, it's nearly impossible. Yeah, well, because especially with, uh, with everything being digital now, right? It's, ridiculous you can't do you guys get like updates on how the album's doing and things like that or yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. no this album is doing great is uh, it yeah i mean uh, of course you know i didn't get the email that said we broke the internet when we <laughs> released our album but, <laughs> but, but that would have been awesome this album is, is is surpassed the six week mark when it comes to radio campaigning and it's all it now it's, it's a very organic organic flow that is asking to continue yeah so we're now approaching our 12th week when it comes to radio campaigning so it's doing real well and it's that's still, awesome it's still growing fuck yeah it dipped a little bit i think in like a week 11 or so mm-hmm. but then went, and then it went right back up so we're really excited about that nice 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 yeah. so do you guys is this 
I know y'all came what a few months ago, right? You were mm-hmm. oh, you're up in Dal- the Dallas area back in November, December. Yeah, yeah. The Wind Tour, south of the Wind Tour tour with uh, Seasons After. And okay. A band called Everybody Panic. Yeah. And um, and that came through the Midwest to the South, Florida, Texas, Louisiana. Yeah. Carolinas, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, we were in Dallas, and we were here in San Antonio. Right. It's called Fitzgerald. So you were here in San Antonio? Yeah, we were at Fitzgerald. Oh, no yeah. shit. Yeah. December or something. Because Ray texted me from Naked Porch, and he yeah. said, hey, man, San Diablo's in, in this little town. I'm going, where the hell is that town at? I've never heard of it. And so I look it up, and I'm like, he's like, go to the show. It starts in an hour. I'm like, dude, that's like four hours for him from where I'm at. <laughs> oh, well, shit. Well, they're going to San Antonio at the end of January. Where, are you next to this other town? I'm like, no, dude, no. I, I, I wish I could, but I'm, I'm yeah. dude, it's hard. So then, when you uh, we looked, and then somebody told me I can't remember who it was. If it was Ray, or if it was Fear, and they said, "Hey, they're going to be in San Antonio this day. Fucking book that shit or whatever, you know." So then, I, I text you or yeah. I, I inboxed you, and I said, yeah. "Hey, man, let's do a podcast. I know you're going to be in San Antonio." Yeah, yeah. And then you said, "Get in touch with Chris," and Chris took care of everything, man. Yep. It was really nice, man. So no, he's very eager. He's very on, really hands-on approach. Um, Eclipse has been um a staple to any success that we've had um, yeah that's why i think when i when it, to my earlier statement when it comes to i think the 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 industry is changing a little bit you get yeah. these independent labels that are actually really helping their bands yeah you know and, and it, it, you still gotta have you know you still gotta have backers you still gotta have booking agents you still gotta have the middleman right and have the middleman but right i think in that regard it's getting better it the other side of it where it's, you know, getting worse is that you all these big bands are getting paid so much money that the middle band can't can't survive. Right. So, what's and happening I, to the middle class? No shit, what's yeah. What's happening to the middle class? Damn it, I know, <laughs> but, I'm telling you. Know, you. <laughs> aside from that, you know, like, you know, we're on tour with these bands like Seasons After and Everybody yep. Panic and they're, they're, like, Seasons After was going through, like, this large dispute with their label and then they were just trying to put it, keep the name. Like the label yeah. was like, well, uh, well, maybe we'll give it to you. If we think about it. You know? Holy shit! Wow, yeah. But you know, and it's just stuff like that you see. But then you see other, you know, huge bands going on these major festival tours, and they're just their overhead is so large. Jeez. You know? So, yeah. but you know, I, I think in some regards it's getting better, in some regards it's getting it's getting worse. So. But, wow. Yeah. So uh, venues like this, I mean, you obviously if you get more traction with these, you know, this the crowds and then obviously the word of mouth is going to come and then you guys will be hitting the bigger venues right well, this, the honest, huge venues this to, looks like a big venue to though to be honest I mean like, I love these types of venues because I like to smell my audience yeah I like to be I like to be able to occasionally <laughs> spit in their eye like, <laughs> they paid to get in. Yeah, and I drove to see them. They drove to see us. Yeah, I fuck mean, yeah. I, I'm actually a fan of fans. So like, when you're in these big places where it's all these ambiguous, blurry people, and it like, becomes more corporate-y, right? I mean, to be I'm, uh, everyone wants to get there. Great. Right. And if we get there, I'm gonna be fucking yeah. But to be honest, I savor the now. Right. I'm savoring the now because so you, you connect more with the crowd like absolutely. this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're on a big stage and playing in front of 20,000 people, who doesn't want to do that? Hell yeah. But it's also one of those things where you're playing, when you're playing clubs and you're literally two feet away from your audience, it's just more, it's just more in your face, you know? That's that's what the Tito's saying. You you savor it. You kind of, these, these shows are the ones that you're like, you'll remember, you know, when you're playing on a huge stage, you'll remember those two. But when you're, when your audience is literally 60 feet away from you, yeah, you know, it's just, um, it's interesting, you know. It's interesting to see how bands keep their energy up when they, you know, obviously when you hear twenty thousand people screaming your name. That's, Fuck yeah! That I mean, that's not a problem. Yeah, it's like, but you know, the, the smaller venues are, you know, the ones where you can interact with the fans a little bit more, right? And stuff like that. So, I mean, I'd hate to go to a merch table and at a festival with twenty thousand people and sign autographs and take pictures. Of yeah. So, so you, you guys yeah. do that after every show. Oh, we're, we're at we're the merch table after after our set, not just a show. Oh, fuck yeah, man! We're so. we're, we're uh, merch table dogs. I mean, we're we're at the table hounding hounding people down the whole time. Oh so yeah, we're very yeah. accessible when it comes to trying to like if you if you like us, 
you want to know about us go to a show you'll have you'll you'll have access to us to be able to pick our brains we're very um we want to socially make out with you yeah <laughs> but we, we look forward to it every night you know it's what the long drives are for yeah, yeah. We get behind the table hearing people's stories and how they can relate to what we, we do awesome people people that like People that have changed our lives, who we become lifelong friends with, yeah. chance encounters that they decided to go to a show, right? You know, their their kids' soccer game got canceled, so they ended up going to a show, and <laughs> and then then all of a sudden they were like lifelong friends, you know? Yeah, and it's just you don't get that without the interaction, right? So you don't get that without the bumping yeah. shoulders. So it seems like real like DIY kind of shit, man. You guys are doing it yourself and with the merch and doing all the interaction, man. I mean, that's that's fucking awesome. Well, what we have is a D do it yourself um, uh, mentality with with the infrastructure of a national release on a label, right? With um, and with the networking. So it's a, it's a good combination of both. I mean, really, it's um um. It's a do-it-yourself vibe, yeah. but with the gloss and infrastructure of a national product, national release. Nice. Yeah. nice. At least that's how I interpret yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's, that's fucking awesome, dude. So <laughs> being on the road, what's the, I mean, if you're permitted to say so, I mean, you guys can say whatever you want, right? Oh yeah, I don't have kids. Much, you know. I don't what's, have kids. <laughs> what's, what's, what's the craziest shit y'all have ever been through? Craziest thing happened like in the concert or anything? I mean, back here or whatever. Uh, usually, you get one a tour. There's usually one instance of at a tour where you're like, oh, I'll never forget that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've been through a lot, man. We've we've been through uh, vehicles almost driving off the road and God. blowing up into flames. We've been. You know, we've seen, we've witnessed things that are, you know, they're, they're completely uh, illegal and shouldn't be happening in <laughs> hotel rooms. And all kind of, I mean, you name it, it's it's out there. But I think one of the scariest ones is when our bus uh, blew the axle completely ripped off the off the back of the, of the bus, and we uh, almost flipped over, and it was it could have been it could have been really bad. But Holy crap! My a bass player at the time had saved it, so we didn't we didn't die. Obviously, we're still wow. here, but it was our tire shot off in front of us, crossed the medium, and hit an oncoming car. Holy shit! One, it was a Dewey a dually, so then another tire went backwards, and a car behind us drove over it, and it like kind of like almost gutted the, the inside the the bottom of his car. He was so, mad, but he came running up to the up to the bus, and he was like, "Who, who was driving that thing, man? That thing was going over, man." I, you guys were goners, man. But Shit. he came up. My brother, my brother was a bass player at the time. He's like, "Yeah, that was me driving." He's like, "Dude, I gotta shake your hand." Why? You got a brush with death from going over. He's like, "I don't even care about my car." He's like, "It sucks," but I was like, "Man, it would have sucked to see that thing because there was an embankment. And we would it would just flipped and rolled and turned into a, it. It would have been a bloody mess. Yeah, it was. And then the other guy came and he he pulled over because that Chris, my brother, saw the tire just go across both lanes. Across the median, across both those lanes, and hit a car coming. The car was like 120 feet away, man. It was wow! Like, and it boom, and he came. He got off the exit, came around. He's like, I don't know what that was, but it was some crazy stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was. It so was definitely got to go down in the history books as one of the worst experiences. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, yeah. you write poetry and then you put music to it, and you never think that it all boils down to like fucking flying tires. You know, you just uh, don't think that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck, that man. was that was a scary one, man. It was, yeah. we, it was all kinds of other ones that are just like craziest stuff on the road. Yeah, but yeah, it's there's you see other bands doing stuff. You know, like we went out with this one band. I'm not gonna name with it. Yeah, don't worry, you don't know the name of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, we got a hotel room one night, and um, he, they drove to the hotel, but they didn't get a room. They were just gonna stay in their van. But they just wanted you know be there in the morning. So when we got out, but and uh, we woke up and I don't remember what time it was. But this guy's yelling out outside. So we open the door. Yeah. And the lead singer of that band is taking a shit on top of his own van <laughs> with his own band members in the van. 
<laughs> and he's just having this moment. I don't know what he was on. He's completely naked, standing on top of his own van, screaming at the world. And his band members are like, "Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Man? Like beating on the roof of the van. And he's Holy just shit. taking it. Took a big old dump on his own van. I think, I was, I think it was the, the same... The same tour we were in. I think it was the same tour we were in Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. We had to borrow a vehicle um, to do this tour, and then we lost our keys. Oh, and yeah. we were like, no, uh, yeah, we, we were... need to call some Papa Lock person. Yeah, up, right. Right. So like, they come. That's what they do. Like, cool, wonderful. So like, um, yeah. Who's the owner? And we're like, uh, well, the owner is in Virginia. We we borrowed the van <laughs> and we're on tour. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, okay, well, you know, I can't really open the car for you guys. You're not the owner. And then we're like, we just look at him and we're just like, well, there's six of us and there's one of you. Like, it's gonna resolve to me us kicking so, the shit out of you, right? <laughs> so, dude was like. I'll do it. All right, I'll do it. I'll do it. And we were trying to pay him. He's like, nope, nope. I can't pay me because I didn't officially do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. He's okay. like, I, I can't have paperwork. I can't have paperwork on that, right? So, well, fuck. So I think what happened was we, we sat there and, and waited for him to do the whole, he got he did the locks and whatnot. And right. I guess we offered him if you wanted to, you know, if you wanted to smoke or whatever. He was like, yeah, sure. And I, I guess we baked the shit out of him because he ended up passing out in his fucking car. Holy shit. <laughs> Because when music doesn't sell, yeah. herbs does. Karma, karma, yeah. <laughs> karma came. Karma came back, and uh, three days later, all the locks fell out of the van. Wow! So I don't know what he used or what he did, but you go turn the key and pull the key out, and the whole lock would pop right out on all of them. Like the whole van wow. had the, all the locks. We'd be driving down the road here, and this rattling noise, and the yeah, 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 the yeah. Lock would fall out of the out of the freaking be hanging. It was just ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Damn, man, that crazy, is some crazy, crazy shit. Stuff, but yeah, that that was a crazy tour. That uh, yeah, hotel those, rooms and just people is nuts, man. Just <laughs> those are some of the you know um, uh, worst scenarios. I mean, but I mean, I mean, there, there's been some really scary stuff. But like when it comes to best scenarios, I'd have to say that there was that there's a time where where Justin calls me. I mean, I'm having a shit day. We had just put my mom. Um, my mom has Alzheimer had Alzheimer's at the oh, moment man. at that time, and yeah. it was just really rough. And I'm just like, I get the call, and I'm like, what? <laughs> She's like, what? Could be an addict, you know? We're playing with corn. I'm like, oh, I needed this. Nice. <laughs> I told you. I told yeah. you. I was like, yeah. I, said, I think I said we needed this, but I really, I really meant I needed this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jaeger, Jaeger called us, and they were like, um, "Is we responsible by Jaeger?" And uh, they were like. Uh, we need you to play with Corn and Charlotte. You know, can you do it on this day? And I was like, Yeah, nice. Yeah, we're playing with Corn, so hell yeah, that, man. That night was, was so y'all y'all opened yeah. up for Corn. Yeah, yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. So what was what was that like? That's it amazing. was in Charlotte, was great. at uh, yeah. Fillmore, and it was wow. <laughs> I, you know, you, you're looking at your your idols, man. I mean, yeah, you grew definitely. Up to those guys and be able to hang out backstage with them and chill on the bus and just party. It was one of those surreal things. That you're just like, I can't believe I'm actually sitting in the same freaking room with this guy yeah and, but to be able to be on stage while they're playing their songs and right crowd, i mean there was a pack sold out sold yeah out show i mean it was, right this is one of those feelings that you'll never you, you can't explain it really it's a feeling that you're just like man this is i can't imagine any any better than this you know wow it yeah was, it was great and what was what was this uh, it was 2009, yeah, 2009, 2009, 2009, 2010. 2010. Yeah. The uh, dance, uh, dance floor, Brit, 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 from like 2000 to 2003, I worked for Sam Goody. So all these bands I, I'm familiar with. I mean, I didn't listen to all of them, but I know Cannibal Corpses and Lamb of God. And at the store I was at, we had a lot of guys that were really into metal. So they're always buying stuff like that. And I remember working and the Corn album came out. And I, man, I cannot remember which album it was. It was the one after Issues, I think. It was like ten bucks or something. What's that? Follow the leader. No, it was before. No, well, follow the leader. Yeah, was, I think was before, before issues. Yeah, I think. Yeah, follow the leader was before issues. I um, man, I can't remember. Was it? No, man, I can't remember what it was. But it did really well. It sold really well. And I mean, corn was. I mean, 
I think we're all kind of like the same age. Corn was like something we all grew up on. I mean, yeah, no, I remember, I remember when we were in a little blue shed in high school, um, we were mixing rap with rock when it's, when there wasn't a, a, a genre yet. Really? And then I remember going into the warehouse. I remember going. Listen, yeah. to, I, I, go, I, go, I go, Justin, listen to this cassette tape. <laughs> cassette, cassette tape. tape. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. Damn. Yeah, no, I, he gave it to me. I didn't know who they were. It was their first record. Jeez. And uh, I, it was 94, 93, 94. Yeah. And he's like, Does you got to listen to this. So it's going to change your life. And I, <laughs> I never gave the tape back. So, I, I, so obviously I you go, saw where it went. I had to go pick up a friend at the airport the next day, and I, I was like, "Oh yeah, I got that tape," and I put it in. And when I when I heard "Blind," which is the first song on yeah. that thing, I was like, "Who fuck are these guys?" Yeah, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I never heard anything like that before. I because mean, like, keep in mind, rock and roll before that was just this really. Uh, uh, it was like Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Nirvana ish vibe, which was cool. Right, right, right. But it didn't have that like pimp b boy raw. Yeah, you yeah, know? And yeah. Like, and it just it this is nuts. I mean, yeah. then you, that got into Deftones and, and all, yeah. you know just yeah. Deftones. You know, yeah, yeah, Deftones is awesome. But that I specifically remember that day, and that's like when we were just talking about playing with them it's one of those moments so where you're forward, like yeah. playing with them yeah. you're just like man this is just all like it's surreal you're like you're thinking yeah. about the cassette tape situation yeah, in 93, 94 nuts, man just, wow. those moments you remember forever so it's was crazy. so Korn was like one of y'all's biggest influences in? I mean yeah especially for, for me on many levels yes I, I mean I, I can't yeah. speak for everyone but right, right 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 I know that for me and it's not just a vocal thing <laughs> he's giving me the thumbs up back there it's not a vocal <laughs> thing Corn Slipknot, okay. Yeah. Dude, we had a, again, Slipknot, man, we had a midnight opening for the Iowa album, and uh, we had, like, this band play and a couple other bands play, but in it, looking back on it now, I wasn't the manager there, but the, the manager had got some, like, I mean, some punk rock wannabe Blink-182 type band to perform, <laughs> and it didn't make any sense. We the, One of the guys that worked there had his own band, and they had like a metal vibe to them, to that to their sound, and that made more sense, but it was just like, why do we, we got these guys here that are trying to be like Blink-182? I mean, this <laughs> this is 2001. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys like Blink-182, but it didn't make any sense, so no, it was just like, yeah, a, yeah. I'm not a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured. I mean, uh, Travis Barker, that guy's oh, yeah, cool. He's, he's, he, yeah, yeah, hell of a that drummer, man. Awesome, but, yeah. you know, I was never really into the songs that much. Yeah, but, yeah. but um, the Travis Barker stuff's pretty cool, though. Yeah, wow. So uh, so rap metal was, was your biggest thing kind of thing? Well, no, well for... It's, it's not like it's Papa a, Roach a, gangsta a metal, right? It's a difficult uh, answer to give you on that one because for me, like, yes, for our vibe and for our style of music, <laughs> yeah. as something that, as, as the medium of what we're going to do, right. yes, there was a huge influence on the style that we were going to kind of, that, that was, we were embarking on. Right. But now, once we were there, my problem was is well what do i going to use to influence myself right, right, right. to grow here right and in that aspect i don't really i mean i yeah, I, yeah. I don't listen to metal to influence my metal right i go to all sorts of other shit right, because, and then i bring that to metal at least i try to right cuz like i guess like for writing writing creative whatever kind of thing yeah for the writing um, purposes i'm guessing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, we you know we pull it from all angles. Right. You know, we don't. I mean, I I am a fan of metal. I've been listening yeah. to it my whole life. But I also listen to rap. I listen to yeah. You know, radio. I listen to classic rock. I listen to all, everything. Right. You know, you know, there's even some country out there that I'm like, you know, this, this is pretty badass. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. But um, you know, I'll always be a metalhead. I'll this is stuff I'll, I'll just you know it's who I am. But you know, influence wise, like we can pull it from anywhere. Yeah. You know? I, I I feel that I like to get influenced by movies and, and mm-hmm. themes yeah. and themes and ideas and right. like, you know uh, books and stuff like that. Sure, like I, I, get, I get I can get inspiration from all stuff like that. You know, but and I think that's what makes us a little bit different. You know, we're not your cookie cutter this band well, that, or that band, and that's good, man. I mean, because you don't want to just put out the same shit, right? Because exactly. if people get annoyed yeah. or they you gotta be, people you got to have it stylistical. You got to make sure you you are who you are. Right. People can recognize that, but you can you can still delve into other areas and, and bring it to what you have to make it interesting and powerful. Yeah. So, 
And I think vocally and, and lyrically, it's definitely one of those things that yeah. he pulls stuff from all kinds. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Sometimes, sometimes you have to put the pieces together yourself, which yeah. is you know a good thing. Or sometimes it's like, wow, that's I really totally get what you're saying. So yeah, but, and when you uh, told that span the Spanish lyrics, man, that that kind of like threw me off guard. I mean, damn, this guy throwing Spanish in there. But I mean, I know. Puya did that once, or back in the day, where Puya would. Uh, are they still? I don't even know if they're we around. Toured with, uh, no with, shit. With uh, members of, of Puya when they turned into Ancla, and uh, we did them in Nonpoint and um, Nonpoint. I, yeah. I had a small personal relationship with Ramon, yeah. and um, but he he lives in Puerto Rico now. He, oh wow, okay. From what I understand, he like does he does music on the side, but he has yeah. kind of a boat company or oh wow, okay, rent yeah, books. yeah. So, Water scooter company. Damn. Yeah, wow. so we, we pull it from all angles. All angles, man. But the Spanish stuff, you know, we we wanted to even the, the songs that are on our self-titled release, 2012 release. We went in the studio and recorded some Spanish, like stripped out all the English and put in Spanish. Really? And uh, we we haven't released them. We still have them. But that inspired us to do when we did Devil Horns and Halos to have Spanish yeah. on the record. Maybe even a song yeah. in Spanish or two. The idea was to go in with at least two or three, but like it worked. Awesome. Yeah, it worked into one yeah. song, all Spanish except for one line, and then yeah. there's a couple songs that have <laughs> Spanish. You know, because people are, oh, we Watch Me Kill was a single off the 2012 release, and people were always like, yeah, I like, I like the mix between Spanish and English, you know, and stuff. So, right. Plus, we, you know, why do you just need to be who you are in America? Why can't you be who you are in yeah. other parts of the world? And right. You know, you don't just need sales in America. You can have international sales, and that's what we were we're trying to play to a bigger audience. Yeah, know? so and definitely we can do that. Um, more the merrier. Great. You know, it's like I'm. I don't mind selling out places in Peru or right. Argentina or Brazil or wherever. You know, so we're we're totally down to stretch the arms as far as we can go. Right. Yeah. When it comes to influences in, in music and writing and being a part of what we do so that was always something we needed to do wanted to do and um we didn't want to get too crazy with it with, with it being a, a new release you know because you don't want to scare people because right we still have our english speaking fans true who are like i like the song but i don't get it because i don't speak spanish right and, yeah and, you know we, you can you can offer them the lyrics and then they can read it and then stuff like that but they still want to hear what they have you know, so, right, and it's just stuff we've always. It, why not do it if Tito can do it? You know? Yeah, hell so yeah. If I, you know, if I can play another group of instruments, then why wouldn't I want it <laughs> in Summer Garden? So that was another tool we needed and wanted. So and we we threw it on there, but we didn't want to scare people. Right, but I think we did it tastefully in the way that it's in there, especially with that particular song, the way that his vocals flow with the singing and stuff. Yeah, it, it's it, really intense. Yeah, it's intense, but it just, I mean, it. it it's, it just works, you know what yeah, I mean? It, no, it works perfectly. It was weird because when yeah. he was writing it, it was like, we still have people to this day that are like, how did he get it to rhyme? <laughs> like, the parts. Like, it's one of those things where some people are always, like, confused because the Spanish stuff is so hard to rhyme next to and have it still fit Definitely without, it, true, without yeah. it stretching over into something because of the, you know, but it, yeah. he made it work, and it sounds it sounds awesome. It sounds awesome, man. I mean, I to even do this, you know, to put this this you know a band together and do all the instrumentation and then the lyrics. I mean, that takes a lot of work, man. I mean, you guys put in a lot of time. I mean, obviously you have. I mean, it's just that's just. I think I think artistically, feel, you know, I feel he's always writing. You know, I feel yeah. he's always putting stuff down. Me, on the other hand, that's awesome dude. Hell I yeah. haven't, mm -hmm. you know, I haven't. It's been a weird um, time because I haven't really put any anything into writing since we put this record. Yeah. Out. I mean, but I I think I like the realm of being able to okay now it's time to write so we're used I, I used to just write all the time riffs here song there riffs right, here, right. song there but now I feel it's a little more inspiring when you have when you can theme it when you can put it all together right. instead of you know there's riffs here and riffs there I'll always have but when coming and building and arranging songs is you know I like to keep it in, in, a, in a group setting so, so and does it is it chat? I mean, because the recording process, obviously, you don't just all sit together and just record the album, right? Like different parts of of the song is recorded at different times, and then you Correct. come in and throw your vocals down last. Is that right? Correct. We wow. usually, yeah, we usually have a setup where Brian and myself were writing riffs and, and beats and, and uh, arrangements, 
and we really wouldn't present it to Tito until we had something where he could actually work with. Yeah. Because, you know, hearing a riff here here and there is not really inducive of, of coming up with song material. Right. He has stuff that he can probably work in, but yeah. we didn't. We would get it to like 70% of a song and he of an idea. And then, I, then we'd feed it to him and then let him go for there, go from there and then, while we were still making changes but we would we would want him to get an idea of where we were going first instead of it just pulling out of the sky and trying to cram three people's ideas into something because he he would bring his his two cents and be like yeah i like this part we can do something with that i don't right. really this part i don't get what are we doing here but then if we show it to him and, and work it and rearrange it and then we put the final pieces on after he's got a good amount of vocals or lyrics right so. yeah and that's usually how it goes. It usually doesn't start until there's an interesting uh, drum beat or an interesting guitar riff. And, and, is, and is that challenging to kind of get the beat and everything to Sometimes, get sort of Yeah, like I said before, when we were writing the record, there were moments in time where Brian and I were just looking at each other like, I don't know. I don't know what. I'm not, right. I just don't have it today. You know, sometimes you just you go in there and you blow it up. And other days you're just like, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything. But when you're in there and it starts, juices start flowing, then... Sometimes it's overwhelming because yeah. you're like, oh my God, I have all of these awesome ideas. Where do I go? Where do I go from here? You know, but I, <clears throat> I want to try and use all of them. But then you're like, oh, maybe I should not use all of them. Right. But, and that's that's the good that like that's the good problem to have. You don't want to just be sitting there like I want to play this riff 15 times over and over. <laughs> so, but that's usually where we started. But then we usually don't go the other route where Tito has. It's something we can try and do in the future, but we usually don't work it the, the other way around, where he has like a harmony or a melody in his head, and then and then approach it to the music. But it's something we will probably try on the next one. Yeah. Um, but we're always down to, like we said, we'll pull influence from anywhere. Like I'll hear a sound, and I'm like, oh yeah, that'd be cool if <laughs> I can manipul- manipulate a guitar sound like that, and then that'll just turn into a riff itself. So, right. Yeah. And that's usually kind of what it is. So like that sound in Devil Horns and Halos on mm-hmm. that one part on the guitar, it was like. I think I was just farting around one day. I literally was like not trying to play anything, but it came out. I was like, wow, that was pretty cool. Let me see if I can work with that. And that's where that part came from. So it wasn't like I had a mastermind of an idea. and went, yeah, this is what it's going to be. So it just kind of was a sound that popped out. So God, That's awesome, man. Are we still are we still good on time? How are, you, how are we doing? I think when this band is done, we'll yep. have to be done. Yeah. Okay, so okay. Okay, so yeah, I mean, we're already like at forty-three minutes. So I mean, if okay, if we want to go till to fifty, we, I mean, I know you guys have to, you know, do all your. We I mean, were good. If anything you wanted to go over. No, I mean, I, you know. I'm, I'm just here. I'm, I'm enjoying the conversation, man. We're just <laughs> yeah. bullshitting, you know. <laughs> yeah, so no. hearing the stories, no, you know, it's, it's cool. crazy, no, man. We we really appreciate you coming out. Hell yeah, man! Awesome. Thanks for having That's me, man. Good. I'm really glad yeah. that you guys hooked us up and got us back here and yeah, yeah. get to see the uh, element of a of a rock. Tell, tell yeah. all your tell all your media friends. Hell yeah! yeah well, it was really cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're really nice people. Cool. But man, I I'm gonna I'm gonna try to hang out and at least catch maybe one or two songs cool. before cool. we bounce. Sounds but um, uh, yeah, man. So uh, so what's what's it? What's next? You got a couple more dates, right? You got I know you guys are going to Louisiana. I saw, and then you're coming back to Texas. Are y'all going to the to McAllen? No, no, no we're going. We're going to, to, uh, we got uh, a day off tomorrow. tomorrow. We're going to go uh, Crowley, Crowley, Louisiana, Louisiana, which is outside okay. of Lafayette, and then yeah. the tour comes tour back into Houston, Houston, and then we do three or four more dates in, in Texas. So the tour's the tour been mainly, mainly in Texas. Texas. We had eight dates out of the eleven that we have in wow. Texas. So, oh yeah, um, man, that's what's that's next on this run, run, and then we go home. And um, there's a couple other things, uh, tour offers or not that we might. Uh, talk about you know some other ideas when it comes to it's mainly going to be on the road a lot this year so it's pretty much what our goal was once the album is released so we'll go home and do that but, you know like I said we might shoot a video as well we might do some yeah, do some really cool media stuff like some, uh, YouTube stuff maybe some um, lyric videos and some imagery stuff with some photographers and some uh, some people that do uh, the video stuff. So that's another, that's another realm we might get into when we get back. So we okay. haven't really decided when and what and where at this moment. But soon, in the next couple of days and yeah. weeks, we'll, we'll figure out what we're going to do after this run. So have you guys gone international yet? Not yet, right? You haven't gone to Canada or like Mexico? Mm, no, not with St. Diablo. Okay. We've all been okay. out of the country personally yeah. and, and, and pursued the music when it came to, you know, 
I, but <coughs> we haven't. Yeah, the band, band has, has not been outside been of the U.S. Toured. Yeah. yeah. So. You guys plan on going outside the U.S.? Is that the goal? The goal? Or I, focus? I would. Shit. My, my goal is to, to die in an airplane crash crossing international waters uh, <laughs> on a way to a badass fucking festival. Never found so, the yeah. plane. Never found a body. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. That's my goal. Is he dead? And then yeah. my grandkid and then my wife gets a good check and everyone and then the music lives on forever. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> to answer your question, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, definitely, I mean, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, that's... I would. I really want a world community um, uh, acknowledgement of our work. I think I could walk away from the obsession if I can just make my mark. Right. You know, like I've been striving my whole life to make that mark, make that mark, make that mark. And until I make that mark, I don't think there's even an option to stop. You know. And right. So I'm hoping to be able to do that mark and make make the soul rest so not saying i quit right right right. there's like this this like unquenched hunger that is or an itch that i've never been able to quite scratch right right yeah man. 20 some odd years later Jeez, yeah, man. No, that's it. i mean we're it's what we do it's what we do it's who we are yeah. so i mean it's, yeah you know, it's part of our lives it's what, you know it's everything we are so so do you guys is this is just like the full time a full time gig, right? So when you guys go back home, you don't do anything else, right? Well, we have other we have other jobs. Oh, do you? Jobs. Okay, okay. I mean, like there, there, a lot of them are disposable jobs. Um, just Justin's been um at his job for like many years. Um, uh, I'm a chef uh, at home. I pick up odd jobs here and there when it comes oh, cool, to cooking. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, I got some friends that own restaurants and I, a couple of country clubs I work at. So it's it's mainly to keep your sanity. Obviously, you need money for bills. And, right. We we keep our overhead fairly low to where we're not. You know, we don't drive. Fancy, fancy sports cars at home. We live in big houses, but right. you know, we keep it to where it's uh, you know where we can go out and do this and, and still maintain life. We're not completely eating saltine crackers and water, although we do ramen noodles. Oh, we do. We had a, we had a ramen, ramen noodles the other day. So okay, we, we have a whole box of it in the van. So oh, well, it gets the job done, right? So I mean, it's just money. You know, it's, it's yeah. Revolves around money, so you just try and hold on to as much of it as you can. So. Definitely, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so have you guys hit the West Coast yet, or yeah, yeah. couple West Coast, but so many, so many years in the past, it yeah. doesn't it probably doesn't even count. Nothing, anymore. nothing <laughs> recent. Another current, nothing, nothing, recent. nothing current with San Diablo or anything. All right, not at the moment. Oh, okay, okay. This one wasn't was there. There, there. This one was on the last time we either. But like I said, there's been some stuff that we've been talking about where we might we might be on the West Coast by. Mid, mid to end of issue. Oh, that's awesome, man! So, mm-hmm. so d- is it? So, how's the Texas crowd's been? Pretty badass or oh, that'd be great. ridiculous? Texas. Awesome! Um, <laughs> You're like doing the shameless. I, I think if I could, yeah, nah. I'd love for real. yeah, yeah, for real. I think if I, could, I wish, I wish, I wish that I was, I was like bullshitting you. I fucking, <laughs> I would probably I, move I, to Texas if I could. <laughs> I, I it's a great state. I love it. Awesome, man. Well, I know I texted you like a week ago and I asked you, well, how are you doing? You're like, oh, man, I'm in like 10 feet of snow, but uh, we'll be all right. I'm like, hey, man, well, when you come over here, it's going to be in the 80s. You'll be fine. God damn it. Hell yeah. You know? digging, we're digging it for sure. sure. Definitely. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. The hell yeah, man. I mean, you, what's that? <laughs> you get to, yeah, dude. You're, you've just missed the, the, the cold weather. It's coming like in a few days. So, man. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. So, that's what's up. But oh, yeah, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. You, awesome. If, um, if, if anything, just please, please, please tell your listeners yeah, you know, about, about St. Diablo. Hell yeah, man. Album. Uh, we have the, the, new, the new CD's Devil Horns and Halos. The, um, the album's called Devil Horns and Halos. It's on Eclipse. It's, uh, all the music's available anywhere the music is sold yeah. on, on Earth. So yeah. um, as long as you're shopping on Earth, you should be able to get our Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Check it out on Apple Music, too. I mean, I was listening to the whole album. I'm going to download it later yeah, tonight. All over the Shazams, the Pandoras, <laughs> the, uh, the Radio, Spotify's, all that, all that stuff. So Hell, yeah, man. It's very accessible. And, so. Very cool. And you guys have Twitter, right? So follow them at Twitter yeah. at St. Hey. Diablo. Yeah, yeah. And then you got your own Twitter. Do you have a Twitter, Justin? Uh, I do not have my own personal one. No. Okay, but, okay. Uh, the band does. Uh, right. Some of the I follow you guys. So. Facebook page. We do have, you know, Instagram, all that stuff. So it's all, it's all on there and out there. So very cool. Yep. yep. All right, man. Well, guys, I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It was great. This whole experience has been pretty badass. Yeah. Being back here. Thank and you. Thanks, like the whole was like, man, this is like the way it is. Man. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's cool. Rock star. It's not, it's not like the rock star movie. He said the my bad. Metal. <laughs> my bad guys my bad do I have to hear that <laughs> sorry man sorry
No, you get it at home. People at home are like, oh, you're Mr. Rockstar going on tour. I'm like, oh, man, I ate ramen noodles for a week, dude. If it was Rockstar, I'd be in a freaking hotel. You think I'm eating a steak yeah, or something? I'd be in a casino. I'd be drinking every night, getting this and that and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, this. you should live in my shoes for a week and tell me oh. I'm a Rockstar. Hey, you know, the, the, the getting to the, it's all about the journey getting there, right? Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, hell yeah, yeah, man. So, no, we know you didn't mean it. I was, no, 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 yeah. doing an old change, an old change in a parking lot, for Christ's sake, the other day. You know, it's like, like rock stars don't change oil. So, true. Rock stars have someone else change their oil. So, all right, man. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Thanks, Tito, Justin. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Well, that hit the spot. What a great episode and what a great conversation. Tito and Justin were both great. So was Tyler. I mean, Tyler was in the background. He kind of chimed in here and there, if you could hear him. And uh, <clears throat> I had a great time. Thank you guys so much for having us or having me. Uh, shout out to Josh Solis hanging out with me backstage and helping me out. Um, we had a really good time. The only downside was, I mean, it was not a downside. I mean, it disappointing. I just wasn't able to catch the show. I wanted to really s- sit back and watch from the back backstage area and see how they do their thing. That's one of the things that, you know, we all love music. We always want to know, hey, what do they do behind the scenes? How does that, how does this work? How does that work? How does that happen or whatever? And we didn't get to catch it, but maybe next time, you know, I know the guys are going to come back again down the road. And um, yeah, so it was, it was great. It was a really great time. I do want to take the time to shout out Chris Poland for helping me book this podcast and getting me backstage. He was a big help in that. So, Chris, thank you so much. The whole team at Eclipse Records for helping me out. Uh, Tito and the band, uh, San Diablo, thank you guys for having us on your backstage and being on the podcast. It means an awful lot to me, and it's definitely going to help out this show. So thank you guys. And lastly, thanks to you for listening to the show and to, to subscribing and following me on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me there at Roel Santos Jr. Um, rate, review, and subscribe, please. Do what you got to do. Get the word of mouth out. This podcast can't be any better or can't become bigger without your help. So please, please, if you haven't done so yet, please take the time to do that. I would greatly appreciate it. And that's going to be it for the World of Row this week. That about wraps it up. Um... You've been listening to the world of Roe. I'm Roe, and you're not. And we will catch you on the flip side.